0: As you're turning your Bibles there, I just want to acknowledge and take this time to acknowledge Bishop Macklin and the Glad Tidings Church and the Glad Tidings Ministry. They had a wonderful presentation this past week, and uh, they changed the name there uh, where they're at right off of uh, Tyrell. I believe that small street will, used to be called, uh, what's that? That's for sellies. No more. It's called Glad Tidings Way. Come on now, give the Lord a hand for that. Woohoo! That's it's exciting. It's exciting when you can change the name. Genesis thirty-two. Somebody's name is gonna get changed today. Genesis thirty-two verse twenty-two it says that night Jacob got up, took his two wives, his two female servants, his eleven sons, and crossed the Rio Grande. Just kidding. See, before the Mexicans did it, Jews did it too. Some of you will get it in just a little bit, but by the end of this sermon, hopefully you're going to cross a river. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. The man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the man's socket, or he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Somebody say wrestled. wrestled. Then it says, then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered, And the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Father, have your way in these next few moments. Lord, we just want to push back the darkness and let the light shine brighter than ever before. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Let wrestlers be raised up here in the heart of the bay. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. And we all said... This is a part two of a message that I started last week. However, it's really not a continuance. It literally is a second part. These two messages stand uh, on their own, and you'll see what I'm talking about in just a little bit. Wrestling with God. Wrestling, period. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of these names. Macho Man Randy Savage. I knew somebody was going to do that. Like, you can't, you cannot say that without, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Richard, have you ever heard of Rowdy Roddy Piper? All right. How about Andre the Giant? How about Aurelian Smith Jr.? How about Paul-Michael Levesque. Okay. How about Steve Borden Sr.? Jeffrey Nero? Anybody? How about Terry Jean Bolea? Okay, a few of you have. How about Mark William Calloway? No? Okay. Roddy Roddy Piper, of course, Andre the Giant, Macho Man, Randy Savage. If I were to tell you these guys' other names, like Aurelian Smith Jr. is also known as Jake the Snake Roberts. Heard of Jake the Snake? But you never heard of Aurelian Smith, huh? How about Paul Michael Levesque? his real name, or what they call him in the ring is Triple H. Triple H? Steve Borden Sr., a.k.a. Sting. Ever Sting? Or Jeffrey Nero, aka Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Jeff Hardy, Terry Jean Bolia, aka Hulk Hogan. It's his real name, Terry Jean. and also Mark William Calloway, also known as The Undertaker. Yeah. See, I give you the stage name. Everybody knows the stage name, Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah, Hulkamaniacs! Yeah. Because Hulk Hogan sounds, yeah, but Terry Jean. (laughs) Like, oh, that sounds so good. See, the realness of the name is also the realness of the character. And you will see that you and I must understand that we are in a wrestling match. But when we wrestle... Do you wrestle with what God calls you, or do you wrestle with the name that the world calls you? How do you wrestle? What do you wrestle with? And some of you right now are wrestling with yourself. You're wrestling with your own identity, or should I say, lack thereof. And when it comes to wrestling, you and I must understand that we are in a wrestling match every day of our life. I shared a little bit about this uh, last week, and I just want to give you a quick uh, synopsis of it that last week we talked about. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle. We do wrestle, but we wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And last week we talked about it. Listen, if you're going to wrestle against things in high places, then you got to learn how to get in your low place. Get on your knees and begin to pray. Last week we talked about how wrestling, it takes sacrifice and commitment. In Romans chapter 12, it talks about how we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, pleasing unto God. And matter of fact, when you learn about your true living sacrifice, the Bible says this is your true worship. This is true, honorable, authentic worship is to live in a sacrifice. And one thing we talked about last week is that sacrifice, sometimes it's painful. Can I hear an amen? amen. Sacrifice sometimes is painful, but you know what I have found? Is that the good thing about pain is that it lets you know that you're still alive. So if you feel like, man, I'm going through it, hey, at least you're still alive. Man, why am I feeling like this? Hey, at least you're still breathing. My father used to always say, as long as you're breathing, there's hope. The second thing we also talked about is that wrestling, it also takes a team. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. Did you know that the person next to you could be and might be, possibly be your iron? The doctors tell you you need your daily. The Bible also says that too. You need that iron. Some of you you call that iron babe, honey. Nevertheless, there's your iron. What I've learned also as well is that when it comes to Christianity, Christians we need other Christians. We need each other. Sometimes we may not get along all the time. We may not see eye to eye all the time. But listen, we need each other. I need you, and you need me. Now, I've heard this a million times before, and people say, well, my relationship with Jesus, it's personal. It is a personal thing. Uh, Listen, my friend, your relationship may be personal, but your growth is mutual. We need each other. You may have a personal relationship with Christ, and I pray you do. But my friend, in order to grow in that, then we need each other. The Bible says it over and over and over and over and over again. Many times, two or three, coming together, get together, grab this person, get get this word. You need him if you're going to grow in the things of God. Also, the last thing that we talked about is that wrestling takes endurance. James chapter 1, verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Listen, my friend, if your faith is getting tested, then what is happening is you are learning to endure. If your faith is not getting tested, you're learning to stand still. Could very well be. So, my friend, I want you to know something. Here this morning, if you woke up and you said, you know what, I don't feel like going to church, good. Your faith got tested. It got tested. Man, am I going to make this? Because now you're learning what endurance really is. See, endurance is the power of going on in spite of difficulties, keeping on, keeping on, not quitting. Tell your neighbor, don't quit. See, endurance has the words of determination, perseverance, tenacity, stamina, and I like this one, backbone. So you got, we must always learn that tough matches are temporary, but tough wrestlers are forever. Now, one thing I've learned about growth is that growth always means struggle in one form or another. If you're going to grow, there's going to be a struggle. Uh, I remember when I was young, And I was in junior high. I had a struggle with my growth physically because I was a short guy. And I wanted to be taller. So I did everything that I could. Now... Maybe you might have heard some of the things that, you know, people do to like, you got to grow, stretch, you know, pull my leg, come on, pull my legs, I'm going to grow. Trust me, when I was a kid, I tried everything. I was short, I was small, I was like, I want to grow. So people told me, you need to drink this, I drank that. You need to eat this, I ate that. And lo and behold, it kind of really didn't work, I was still small. But I wanted to grow. Some of you here today, you want to grow mentally. I want to learn more. I I want to find out more. Everything the pastor's talking about, I want to study that. I want to get that. I, I, I heard my leader saying this. I heard my leader saying that. I want to grow. See, each and every one of us, we have the desire to grow, but do we understand that in order to grow, there is a struggle? You want to study? Well, you're going to struggle with, man, it's time for bed, but should I stay up just a little bit longer to study his word? Do you see what I'm saying? There's going to be a struggle. It is a part of life. In Genesis chapter 32, we find a man named Jacob who had faced a lot of struggles as he grew to be the man God wanted him to be. Now, Jacob had left his town in disgrace. Now, I'm almost certain that it probably had to be at night and he snuck out of town. It was almost certain that aside from his mother, no one knew where he was headed. Jacob's brother Esau was so mad at him that Jacob had to leave town in a hurry just to survive. Now the story of Jacob is that Jacob had struggled all throughout his life and God wanted him to be God's man and Jacob fought it with the old nature that says, "I eh, forget what God wants. I, you know, I'll just kind of do what, what I need to do. I'm going to be my own man. I, I'm going to do what I, what I have to do. Hey, it's my life anyways. I can just accomplish what i want to accomplish and and if i fail at least i failed no one else told me what to do see each of us we face that same tension and that same struggle every day there are struggles with relationships morality and even within the physical realm we struggle in every area of our life we struggle with why some things have to be I even heard somebody getting interviewed the other day and they were getting interviewed on Christian TV and the, the question that always comes up, well, well, why is there famine in the land? Why is there disease? Why doesn't God just come down and, and do that? Why does the plane have to crash? And why does this have to happen? And we have these struggles each and every day of our life. Every single one of us have certain struggles. Now, even though we accept struggle as a part of life, we still question its value and even many times we question its purpose. Along with our questioning, there is one indisputable fact that if you can accept this, that this will give your suffering, your struggling, just a little bit of meaning. And that is, if you can accept the fact that in your struggle, God is still there. Even though you may be going through it, God is still there. Even though you may be going through this physical pain, God is still there. Even though you may not have a full understanding of the situation, God is still there. And if you can accept the fact, just like if you've accepted the struggle, okay, you've accepted that. That is going to happen. But my friend, don't forget that God is still there. I know it may be difficult for you physically, and you feel like, man, this pain is never going to go away. This arthritis is never going to be healed. This cancer is never going to go away. Listen, my friend, I know that that is there. I'm not denying that. I am not denying the fact that whatever has happened to you has happened. But my friend, don't deny the fact that God is still there with you. I know you may be going through it, but God is right there with you going through it too. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise. (laughs) I want to take a look at just a few principles this morning that we see in the life of of Jacob about wrestling with God and the struggles of life. Now, in this story, he's camped at this river, Jabok. And on the night before, he is to confront his brother Esau. Now, without going into a long story of it, you can read it on your own, but Jacob, what is happening is he's coming home, and he doesn't necessarily know, know what to expect. It has been 20 years since he has seen his brother. Now, when they last seen each other, Jacob thought, oh, man, it, now, just a quick one, Jacob was a conniver, he's a deceiver, he lied, and when he lied, his older brother was a hunter, this guy could kill, it would just pick up anything, I mean, was a hunt. this guy can kill anything at any time, because that's how he was, Jacob was a house guy, he was just, I'm just chilling in the house, so when all of a sudden, he became a liar, his brother found out, he thought, man, I, just, I better get out of here, or I'm gonna die, so when he got out of there, he left for 20 years, so all of a sudden, Jacob now says man you know what I know what I got to do I don't like it but I got to try to make amends I got to do what I got to do however even though he knew what was right his body was still telling him don't do it this is the right thing to do but his body was saying I don't know be careful what happens if he really kills you now and he had wrestled and struggled with that for 20 years he didn't know what to expect and this is the time when Jacob could really use a really good friend to help him. So now he's dispersed, he's got everything that he needed to, and now we see a few principles. The first principle we see with Jacob is that the principle of getting alone with God. When we read the story of Jacob in Genesis 32, verse 9, he shares a prayer. And in this prayer, we see that Jacob, when he prayed, he didn't get the answer right away but Jacob had grown accustomed to following God by this time years had went on so he understood what it was to follow God he was committed to going back and doing the right thing now in Genesis chapter 32 we learn that this prayer was a public prayer but Jacob got no answer until he got alone with God see this is very important Because in your wrestling, you have to learn how to get alone with God. Because many times, we become dependent on the prayers of others. Now listen to me. This may seem like, well, wait a second, Pastor, didn't you just say that it takes a team to come together? Yes, I did. But my friend, if you do not learn this principle, what's going to happen is you're always going to rely on someone else doing it for you oh man I'm going through it oh let me call the pastor oh and this and this happens a lot oh let me call the pastor oh the pastor's not answering the pastor don't love me oh my god no the pastor loves you dearly but maybe the pastor is uh, out with his family maybe the pastor is praying for someone else maybe the pastor is at the hospital the the true story that happened to me the other day I was at the hospital praying for somebody and somebody called me and then they texted me said how come you're not picking up uh because i'm praying for somebody true story but that happens people get frustrated oh my gosh listen my friend if you do not learn how to get along with god you are always going to be disappointed with man you're going to be disappointed you just will so that's why it's very important that you and i must learn what it is to get along with god see god often wants us to do wants to do something personal within us but far too often we want someone else to plead our case when you're going to wrestle with the problems of your life it is important to get alone with god in genesis chapter 32 verse 24 it says and jacob was left alone and there he wrestled with a man and jacob was left alone listen when we get alone god is able to speak in that still small voice and you know what he does What he does when he he speaks in that still, small voice, he asks us the tough questions. See, when you get alone, the tough questions come. No one else is around. Hey, let's let's talk here. So, hey, what is your name? What's your name? Now, right away, we do the the surface question. Oh, my my name is Steve. No, 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 no. What is your name? See, a lot of us every day, we wrestle with that. See, a lot of people have your name, but only you have your character. God was trying to not get to his name, but get to his character, who you really are. There's a lot of AJs, there's quite a few Cellas. quite a few Steve's, quite a few Toby's, a lot of Paul's, plenty of Daryl's. There's a lot of that, but there's only one of you. When you get alone with God, God gets past all the names and says, no, 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 who are you? Who am I talking to? Now we can get personal here. Now we can get, especially when you get alone with God, you can't lie. You can't lie. So you, you can lie in the midst of a crowd. Hey, how you doing? Oh, great. Oh, Fantastic. Oh, praise the Lord, brother. We can lie in a crowd. It's fairly easy. It's, not, it's actually not all that difficult. But when you get alone with God, Hey, my daughter, how you doing? Oh, God, I'm doing great. (laughs) I'm just doing swell. (laughs) Why are you going to lie to him? He knows everything. He knows. But he wants to see, do you know who you are? He knows who you are. See, but when you get alone and you're able to wrestle in a way that takes you beyond the normal, hey, how you doing? God bless you. Give your neighbor a high five. I can do that. All right, amen. Praise the Lord. I'm doing great. But when you go home, now this is very important. This even goes for married couples. You can be married for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, but there's still a lot that your husband or wife, your spouse does not know. And the only way it's going to come out is not between 10-hour sessions With you and your marriage. Oh, let's talk about this and let's talk about. There are just some things that you cannot talk to your spouse about. That you can only talk to God about. That's it. I'm telling you the truth. This is something that I learned even from my my father used to say that he was married for almost 30 years. And he used to tell me the same thing. He said, man, my wife, I love her. But there's just some things I just talk to God about. Now it comes out and that's the great thing we love about God is that God is the greatest filter of all time. And he's able to bring it out and say, hey, look, let's amend this together. But there's just some things you're just going to have to learn how to get alone with God. Take the time out. Listen, do you have your alone time with God? I know you got church time. You're here at church, this is your church time. But do you have your alone time? Because if you don't have your alone time, what's going to happen is you're going to rely on church time. You see what I'm saying? And then what happens is that's when people come to church and all of a sudden, okay, this is my holy time and so this is my good time. So if they shake my hand, I will come back. If they don't shake my hand, I'm never coming back. Because you've turned your alone time, your relationship time, into church time. And my friend, that's not healthy. It's not a healthy way to live. Jacob knew and he sent everyone off and he became alone. See, to, to Jacob, the question of what is your name meant more than simply what people had called him. It meant he had to answer t- to God concerning his character. See, he alone, here alone, Jacob was finally able to answer God. See, we need to give that kind of honesty with God. Listen to me. Public prayer is general, but when you get alone with God, all the surface and outer facades melt away. There's no one else to lie to. It's just you and God. I want to challenge you here this morning. If you do not have an alone time, make one. Make an alone time. I know you love your husband. I know you love your wife. I know you love your spouse. But you need to make some alone time with God. It's very, very important. Tell your neighbor, make some alone time. The second principle is that you gotta get authentic with God. Get authentic with God. See, we don't have to settle for the superficial things within our relationship with God. The name Jabok means to run about and stir up dust. He was at the river Jabok, and this word means to run about and to stir up dust. Now Jacob did a lot of that on this night. It wasn't so much a physical battle, but an emotional mayhem. The battle within. In Hosea chapter 12, the same word is used for prayer and weeping. Prayer and weeping. Listen, there was a lot of prayer and weeping that night for God to strip away everything superficial in Jacob's life. He was doing what we call praying through. Praying through. Now, in sports... uh, I used to play baseball, I used to pitch, and one of my coaches, he used to tell me, don't throw the ball at the mitt, throw it through the catcher. And I used to go, I don't understand that, what does that mean? So he would take me from the mound, and he would have me step back from the mound, because a lot of times, I would just focus on throwing at the mitt, just throw it at the mitt, throw it at the mitt, and that was it. And so a lot of times, my balls, they would just drop when I would throw it. I was like, okay, great, and it it wouldn't reach because I was focusing just on what's in front of me. But my coach used to say, no, 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 if you want to make sure that you get the strongest, highest velocity that you can, you need to throw through him. Don't throw at him, throw through him. When my uncle, he was teaching me boxing, he used to tell me, no, don't hit the guy, throw your punch through the guy, and then come right back. Throw through the guy because that's where you're going to get your hardest punch. Because a lot of times if you're just going to hit right at him, you're just going to give him a love tap. Because a lot of times you'll get scared because you want to defend yourself. No, no, no. If you really want to get the strongest one, you go through the guy. Push him back. Here what was happening with Jacob is that he was learning what it was to wrestle through the night. And the way to do it was through prayer and weeping. It wasn't the normal kind of prayer. See, listen to me, if some of you want to get that breakthrough, it's not going to come from just, uh, "Father, I pray for my food right now. Bless it, Jesus name, Amen. If you really want to learn what it is, then you gotta pray through. See, some of you right now, you're praying at. When you when something comes your way, you're praying at it. Oh man, this came my way. I better pray against that. I pray better pray at that. No, my friend, you gotta pray through that. In other words, prepare yourself even right now. Get the prayer, get the weeping, get the towel, get your mat, get your chair, and get alone with God and learn what it is to pray through. Listen, my friend, trials and struggles, they're coming your way. Whether you like it or not so i would challenge you right now before the struggles come get on those knees and learn what it is to pray and believe and see get authentic with god if you believe that give the lord a hand of praise see jacob was not willing to have a relationship or excuse me not willing to have a religion sorry but he wanted god he didn't want religion he wanted god I want more than just a church service. I want God. I want more than just a life group. I want God. I want more than just a worship song. I want God. See, Jacob understood that that night he wrestled for more than just the happenings around him. He stirred up dust. Listen to me. Some of you here this morning, you got to start stirring up some dust. Matter of fact, when's the last time you got some dust on your knees? I'm not talking physically. I'm talking spiritually. Spiritually you got to stir up some dust. Tell your neighbor stir up some dust. There's an old story. If you haven't heard it, I want to share it with you. Old story I heard many, many years ago. It's about a farmer and a mule. And once upon a time, this farmer, he owned this mule. And the mule fell into the farmer's well. The farmer heard the mule braying after it fell into the well. After carefully assessing the situation, the farmer sympathized with the mule but decided that neither the mule nor the well was worth the trouble of saving. Instead, he called his neighbors together and told them what he what had happened, and enlisted them to help haul dirt to bury the old mule in the well and just basically put him out of his misery. Now, initially, the old mule became hysterical, but as the farmer and his neighbors continued shoveling and burying uh, the mule with the dirt on his back, a thought struck the mule. It suddenly dawned on him that every time a shovel load of dirt landed on his back, he should just shake it off and step it up. This he did time after time, blow after blow. Shake it off and step it up. Shake it off and step it up. He repeated to encourage himself. No matter how painful the blows of dirt or distressing the situation seemed to the mule, he fought the panic and just kept on shaking it off and stepping it up. Now, it wasn't long before the mule, battered and exhausted, beaten by the dirt, what he did was he stepped triumphantly over the wall and off the well. What seemed like what would bury him actually blessed him. All of the dirt that came upon his back, he shook it off and he stepped right on top of it, on top of it. Every time adversity came on him, he shook it off and he stepped right on top of it. Every time it came his way and the farmer was putting dirt on him, he shook it off and stepped it up until eventually the whole hole was filled with dirt. Listen to me, my friend. Adversity is coming your way. There's nothing you could do about it. You can't tell. Stop the adversity. Don't do it. Not right now. This is not a good time. I'm not in a great financial situation right now. Wait, but my marriage, we're not not there yet. Hold on. Don't give us any troubles and trials right now. Man, why can't they just wait? Why can't it wait? Why Why can't it happen to somebody else? Why can't somebody else go through this adversity? Why can't somebody else go through what I'm going through? It's not until you learn how to Shake it off. Step it up. Some of you got to learn here this morning. You got to learn how to shake it off. Shake it off. Come on, Steve. You knew that was coming, you Taylor Swift. you. Yeah. See, some of you here this morning, the reason why you feel beaten, the reason why you feel distressed because you're not shaking anything off. You haven't prayed anything off you're keeping it there. Some of you here this morning, you got to learn how to get on your knees and shake this thing off. Listen, my friend, I know the enemy's coming at you. I know the job is telling you this. I know your family's telling you that. But you got to learn how to shake it off and say, my friend, I know adversity's coming, but I'm going to turn this adversity and this difficulty into a blessing Till eventually I'm going to get out of this hole and I'm going to walk out of this thing triumphantly and claim the victory that God has given me. If you believe that, come on, give the Lord a great big hand of praise. See, the adversities that come along to bury us usually have within them the potential to benefit and bless us. Some of us here this morning, I want to challenge you shake it off and step it up. This place of Jabok was called the place of stirring up of dust. I want to challenge you here this morning stir up some dust. Start getting in that place and stir up some dust. I know it gets a little dirty. Listen, you were never meant to be clean. Matter of fact, you know how me and you were made? The beginning of time? The first man, what was he made of? made of dirt anyways. Dirt came and dirt you go. But it's dirty. Exactly. That's why it's called dirt. But it's hard. Exactly. That's why it's called difficulties. I know it's a struggle, but if you look at it in the right way, it's called growth. Tell your neighbor, it's time to grow. And the third one and the last one is when you get alone with God and you're able to get authentic with God, then the next thing that's going to happen is change. You will get amended by God. First alone, first authentic, and then amended. God will change you. See, Jacob hung around the whole night waiting for answers. Listen, my friend, God honors that kind of persistence. Even in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus told the parable of the man who is asleep and another comes knocking at the door in the dead of night and then he has company. He needs a loaf of bread, but the sleeper doesn't want to get up, but he can't get rid of the man, so finally he gives in and the persistent knocker has his request. Listen, here's the bottom line, my friend. Jacob wrestled all night with the angel of God. He wrestled all night. Listen, some of you here this, this morning, you got to learn what it is to wrestle all night. The longest fight I've ever had, I still remember to this day. I was young. I was real young. But I know the exact time because I'll never forget it. I will never forget that day. I wrestled with a, a, a kid. I was in uh, the youth gang. At the, or, or, we weren't a gang at the time. We were just the youth. I think I was about 13, 14 years old. And we were best of friends. We were best of friends. But I wrestled with this guy and fought, literally fought with this guy for 32 minutes. Now, for those of you that know fighting, 32 minutes, that's long. Like usual fights are like, if you can last more than a minute and a half, like, all right, what's going on here? But we were best friends. He knew me. I knew him. And so we we literally wrestled for 32 minutes because i remember the time i was watching we had a clock there at royal avenue if you guys ever remember that church that we had and in that place we had a there was mats there there was mats wrestling mats in the the kids area and so there was a few of us and it was like four of us and so you know when you're a bunch of friends you get together okay start wrestling you two uh, okay no you verse him all right no you verse him but then all of it all of a sudden, all of it it just takes that one time where one guy accidentally hits you. And just something, so that's what happened. I accidentally got him. I didn't mean to, but I got him. After that, it was on. And two minutes turned into five minutes. Five minutes turned into ten minutes. And I mean, we really wrestled. I mean, I could feel my muscles, like, you know, what do you call it, a, a knot? They're getting into a ball. I felt it. I was like, oh my God, we're, but I wasn't going to give up. He ain't giving up. So I'll never forget. The last five minutes, how we ended was we held on to each other and just and with all our might. Now, if you've ever held on to somebody or something with all your might, you start losing your breath. You start losing your breath. At least in boxing, you can even, okay. Alright, I'm good. Alright, get off me. Okay. Oh, okay, am good. And wrestling? No, 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 no. Stop. Stop. Stop! And you went, okay, timeout, time out, time out. But when you're in a real fight, there are no timeouts. No timeouts. And so for the last five minutes, we literally, I will never forget, I was choking him. And he was holding me for five minutes for five minutes straight this is after us fighting and wrestling and hitting each other I already had marks on my eyes and this and that and this. this is what you got to look forward to with your sons Sister Chela. I got two crazy boys something's gonna happen <laughs> and we wrestled and I'll never forget never forget this when I got done that was the, probably one of the most spent my body had ever had had ever had my body was spent knots were in my legs knots were in my arms i mean we ended on a cool note. We we're like all right okay that was good you know fine we were still kind of mad at each other though yeah all right you're my friend but don't look at me wrong but to be quite honest our friendship took a back seat to how tired we both were i was spent i was tired i was done What Jacob was doing here was he was basically saying, even though the other man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. Jacob said, no, you're not going nowhere. I know I'm hurting right now. I know it's tough right now. I know not everything is great in my life right now, but I will not let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go until this promise happens. Listen to me, my friend. Some of you right now, don't give up. You haven't spent everything yet. Not everything is out of you yet. But my friend, the moment you begin to understand that, my friend, God loves the persistent knocker. You got to keep on knocking. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But you got to keep on holding on. Don't quit. Your time is not up yet. Do not tap out. Keep on holding on. I know it's tough. I know it's hard, but don't let go. Jacob said, I ain't letting you go until you bless me. Not going to let you go. I feel like giving up, but I'm not going to. I feel like throwing in the towel, but not today. Not today. Listen to me. He didn't fight with the enemy. He fought with God. See, there's a difference in this one. See, some of you right now, you've been saved a while. You know the difference between the enemy and God. So some of you right now, you're wrestling with God. And you're wrestling with God and your mind, and your heart, and your body, and your soul. And so this is sometimes where you get that term, let go and let God. Well, there are certain times that we see here with Jacob, he said, no, 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 I ain't let go. I ain't let go. No, no, you got to let, let me go. It is daybreak. See, the man knew, listen, no one can see the face of God and live. So the angel knew that. Hey, well, you got to let me go. It's daybreak. So all of a sudden he said, no, I'm not going to let you go. not going to happen. I, I've been stirring up dust all, all night. I've been, so I've been praying all night. I've been crying all night. I ain't let, no, no, no way. not going to happen. No, not, 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 not right now. So that's when he says, okay, what is your name? My name? My name's Jacob. He says, no, no, no. We're going to change that. We're going to change this name. We're going to call you Israel because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. See, with all the wrestling that night, Jacob wouldn't give in. Even with his life and the balance, he would not let go of God's presence until he firmly established whom God was going to be within his life. Nothing else mattered, and this changed his life. Well, you may think, well, I'm not sure about that. Jacob wasn't sure. Uh, You may think, well, I've never done this before. Well, neither did Jacob. Well, I I don't see how this can happen. But just like Jacob, you don't have to see beyond your need for God. You only have to see that you need and want him more than anything else in the world. You need to know that, listen, God is the only thing that matters within your life. I want him more than I wanted him yesterday. Write that song. I need you more, more than yesterday. I need you more, more than words can say. I need you more. I want you more, more than anything, more than the air I breathe, more than the song that I sing, more than the life that I live. God, I want you more. That's the kind of wrestling that Jacob had. I want him more than anything, and I'll do whatever it takes. See, some of you right now, you're at your wits' end, but you're not at your body's end yet. I'm done with this. I'm, I'm, I can't I can't have that happen. Good. Your sophistication, you're done. Now, get it on your knees. Now, start spending some time. Now, Get, really get in there. Get all your wisdom. Get all how smart you are, how cool you are, all your great experiences, everything you've ever accomplished in your life. Okay, good. You're done with that? Are you done? Are you done? Okay, good. Now get on your knees and pray. Well, how long should I pray? Try all night. That's what he did. He did that. He tried all night. Some of you right now, you might be in a situation where you might even have to call your job the next day and say, hey, I'm not coming in. I've been praying all night. I know that's a hard one, huh? It's like, wait, I got to make money. Really? Do you make money? You make money for what? You making money makes you a life? Or does God give you the life? See, some of you, you need to start changing your perspective. Don't don't let the job make your life. You got to let God make your life. And some of you right now, if you got to spend all night with God, and I say this out of experience, I have done this. Spent all night, not once, not twice. I've done this tons of times. And guess what? I'm going to do it tons more. I'm not going to stop doing this. Because there has been times where even in our marriage, I remember me and my wife, we said, okay, we're not going to bed until we get this thing. And we have spent all night on the bedside. You get it yet? You get it. I'm not getting it yet. Okay, let's go. And we've gotten that pillow, got up on that pillow, said, man, I didn't even know I had that much water in me. Look at this thing. Well, I'm not done. Well, let's go. Get back in the pillow. Oh, my God. We cry. Getting in there. Some of you here this morning, you got to learn what it is to get in there. I'm not talking just, hey, hold my hand, let's pray, let's pray, let's let's just come together. No, you have to get in there. Sometimes you got to tell people, okay, you, you go over here. You, you go over here. Kids, you go over there. Daddy and mommy, we're getting alone. We're going to get alone right now with God. Getting authentic with God and then getting amended with God. There's a story of a man who was traveling in his automobile along the deserted country a deserted country road when the dark fell. He switched on his headlights, and in another two hours, it became pitch black, except for the headlights. He slowed to a stop to look at a road sign. The sign had been taken down and laid against the post. There were three directions, two for cities, and one announcing a washed-out bridge. But which direction was which? Pondering his next move, the man became very frightened. He thought to himself, if I choose the wrong way, I can go over that washed out bridge and plunge to my death. Or I could wait until dawn so I can see. Then it occurred to him that he could see as far as the end of the headlight beams. When he would go forward, the headlights would move ahead also. He would be able to see what was needed as he moved forward. Listen to me here this morning. The Bible says that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. See, some of you here this morning, you are dictating to God and saying, okay, God, show me, then I will move. And God's saying, I already showed you. The light is upon your path. And many of you, he has given you even the promises, and you have seen that, but you want to see the whole thing. But my friend, as you move, so the light will move. Some of you just got to take that... First step of faith. See, a lot of people, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. No, 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 I see it because I believe it. I believe it. I know my marriage is going to be great. I'll take a step out. I know that God is going to give me the job that I need. I'm going to step out. I know exactly what's going to happen. I know that, hey, uh, if if God wants me to have the car, I'm going to step out. I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. God wants to see my family saved. I'm going to step out. I'm going to do it. See, many times we want to see it all. Let me see the whole thing. And God says, no, I give you some signs. Now you just need to go. You just need to move. And as you move, the lights will go with you. The light will move with you. And you'll be able to see, is this the right decision or not? Why? Because you just have to move. Tell your neighbor, you just got to move. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I conclude with this as they come to the piano. When they, when the priests would travel, they would travel at night many times if they wanted to get from one city to the next. And what they would do is they would get a little box and they would tie it around their ankles. And in that box was a candle. And the candle was there so that they can walk and see at the same time. That was very important because if the moon was lit, They could see where they were going. But if the clouds covered the moon, it was pitch black. They didn't have street lights. They didn't have cars passing by. If they wanted to travel from one place to the next, they had to do it in the pitch dark of night. Some of you right here right now, you feel like you're in the pitch dark of night in your situation feeling, well, how, how, how am I going to get there? You know, I, I know I feel called to be that evangelist. I know I feel called to be that minister. I know I feel called to be that, that wife, but I can't see it. Well, what some of you need to do is you need to get a little box, put a little candle in it, tie it around your ankles, and walk. Now, what's very important is that if they didn't have that around their ankles, they could fall over any cliff that could happen. So what's very important is that you and I must understand, the Bible says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. If you're having difficulty seeing, it's because you might have difficulty reading. You have to get in this thing. Read this thing. Please, please, please don't let the only time you read the Bible is at one o'clock on a Sunday. Please, please, please. It's going to be very difficult for you as you take the step of faith. See, because that's what happens, and then you start relying on, well, let me call the pastor then. Well, let me call the minister. Let me call that guy. What about calling on the name of Jesus? What about him? What about the one who can guide you and let you know that no matter where you go, he's given you the victory already? See, if you ask me, I might be able to help you. I might not. I'll be quite honest. I'm I'm imperfect. I don't make all the right decisions. I do my best to have a great batting average I do my best to make sure that I get more right than I do wrong definitely but my friend 9 out of 10 I don't want you to be that 1 out of 10 I don't want you to be my heart my desire is that you're not that but if you want a 10 out of 10 there's only one there's only one that will give you a 10 out of 10 he'll never fail you he'll never leave you he'll never give you the wrong advice he'll never distract you he'll never detour you down the wrong path and that one is Jesus Christ he is the way the truth and the life that's what I love people always say Jesus is the truth Jesus he gives me life but don't forget he's also the way he's the way he's my savior yes he's also your Lord let him show you the way I want to challenge you here this morning for those of you That you're in a situation right now like, oh, I'm done. No, you're not. If you said those two words before you walked into this door, I want you to know something. You're not done. You're not done. I don't care what the enemy says. You're not done. I don't care what your family's telling you. You're not done. I don't care what the doctor tells you. You're not done. You ain't done yet. Some of you here this morning, you are just getting your second wind. It's coming back inside of you. I know you've been struggling. I know you've been going. I know it's been hurting. I know it's been difficult. I know you've been going through adversity, but my friend, you ain't done yet. My friend, the blessing is on its way. It's coming around the corner. I know it may feel difficult. I know it may feel hard, but my friend, the difficulty is going to change, and the blessing is on its way. Some of you, your name was Art. Your name was Christian, your name was Alex, whatever it might have been. And when people hear that name, a lot of times, we'll even we introduce ourselves. Take for instance, hey, my name is AJ. I have a friend named AJ, and right away we associate that person with that person. God here this morning is trying to say, get rid of all associations. I don't care if there's another person named Joan. I don't care if there's another person named Ray. I don't care if there's